this podcast replay is brought to you by EssentialMovingExperts.com. Five-star rated, 25 years of experience in the moving business. Family owned and operated. They offer free 30-day storage. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. Mention the big O and get $150 off. Moving was never so easy. EssentialMovingExperts.com. We are back. The Squared Circle Digest back here on the Big O Radio Show YouTube channel. And I couldn't be happier. Got a couple of the props up. Uh, not the way I want them to be up right now, but you can see the AEW title there. WWE Universal title there. We've got the X Division title and the Ring of Honor title to find homes for. But ultimately, they're going to be up on some shelves. But that shelving is taking way, way too long. And uh, let's see who we already got in here. I'm going to be going back and forth to the chat. I want to, there's a couple things I want to go over. No, we haven't talked wrestling in forever. Those that are watching right now, NXT is on the air, just kicking off at 8 o'clock. Boss BN, two a time, Cap for Life, Josh. Uh, let's see who else we got. From our smelly EWD Jr. And then as Boston says, finally. Yes, uh, the, the NFL season takes a lot of work. So uh had to get uh, some family time in when I could since we were doing six days a week. And now Sports Circle Digest is back. And we will run all the way through probably up till NFL season kicks off again. And then from there, we'll see how it goes. From there, what we might do is just spot. I might spot some shows in when I can record them and just post them up, so we don't have a long, long uh, drought like we had this time. And then also now we will be adding some uh, indies in here as well. Um, we'll be attending a couple CCW shows that are upcoming, and we've got AEW coming to town April. I think it's the 26th. I believe it is something like that. The 16th or 26th. So a lot going on, and uh, I want to thank everybody that has been supporting me, and that's everybody in there. Frankie Fresco just jumped in. Dad, what's up? Terry's in. And again, we'll go back and forth, man. This is an interactive show. We're going to go back and forth. If I'm talking about a subject, jump in there, man. Jump in there. As uh, Tapper Life said, Rick, boom! That man was pumping. Uh, I don't know. What, what the hell is that thing called where you... That little, I don't work out with this stuff, but uh, the little Fendi thing that he was doing, he was, uh, I feared yesterday for uh, Elias for a minute there. But uh, a lot going on in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, April 26th, Plantation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's at the uh, FLA Live Arena is where they're running the Dynamite. So uh, interesting. Although, they're not doing a rampage. Usually they use Dynamite and Rampage in the same area. I wonder if they're going to do... Uh, rampage maybe in Orlando that weekend uh, so let's just jump right in right now we'll talk a little bit of WWE first and uh, the big thing is the Royal Rumble happened uh, of course that was only three weeks ago and we got a pay-per-view already coming up this Saturday and in that it was Cody Rhodes that got the victory in the men's side and Rhea Ripley um, in the women's side, I'm pretty precious that they are doing both the same day. Okay, so it's an AEW Rampage and Dynamite. Well, it's a long day. 
long day, but hey, it's all good. They usually rushed him through pretty quick. Uh, Cody wins it, which, you know, again, he was returning. Everybody kind of had it picked. Rhea kind of emerged as the odds-on favorite in the women. I don't think anything there in the Royal Rumble kind of was like, you know, and again, they didn't, they didn't, they said they weren't going to go with the old traditional, a lot of, um, you know, legends coming in and, and things like that. And they, they kept it pretty basic. I think what they wanted to have happen was that gasp at the end of the show that they had when Sammy, you know, hit Roman in the back with, uh, with the chair and you saw the bloodline kind of start unraveling and Jay left the bloodline and you know again now now it's building up another again this bloodline thing is is, is actually gone in so many you know it, it branched off into a couple different areas and ways they could go you know and the interesting thing is going into WrestleMania you know again last night if you watched Raw you watched Cody come out and well Sammy came out called out Cody and the last two weeks, man, Cody's in wherever he's cut the the promo with in the ring has, has been money for Mania, you know. And um, the one thing that that I find interesting is which way do they go with you know Cody with Sammy with Roman with the Usos. You know, there, there's a couple different ways. I, this is what I'm, I'm going to throw out this and then see what you think here on the on the chat. I think this is what's going to happen at Elimination Chamber. I think Sami Zayn's going to work it to where he almost has the victory. And then I think Jay Uso is going to come out and cost him. Then I think they're going to be beating him down. And, of course, Kevin Owens comes out to, you know, make the save. And then... I believe, and I know I know what you're saying there. Um, was it Frankie? Frankie saying the triple threat and mania. But the one thing that I heard and I can't drop it is this, it, especially the way that they're doing the Sammy J kind of you know like best buds. I, I think Jay's going to turn on Sammy, like I said. At the Elimination Chamber, I think what's going to happen is Kevin Owens is going to make the save, and it's going to be the Usos against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the Undisputed Tag Team titles at WrestleMania. Now, could they do one night, you know, they do that, and the next night, you know, something else? But I, I just don't feel, and I almost feel like crazy saying this, but like I don't feel that Cody should be the one to beat Roman. And I don't feel that Sammy should be the one to beat Roman in a way. I, I mean, if they work it out to where – I just don't think anybody right now can beat Roman clean. That I think that's – they've worked up Roman for, what, two and a half, three years now as the champion. I just – you know, it's got to be – you know, maybe the whole bloodline turns on Roman and, and Sammy becomes the champion. But then again, you saw on Raw last night, or yeah, last night, where you know Sammy says, "Jay, I acknowledge you." So ultimately, you know, he's he's acknowledging him as as you know, kind of like to be the the tribal chief. And I don't see Jay Uso beating Roman Reigns. So so again, this is one of those things where it's very interesting to see how 
how they go with this because there's so many ways you can go with it. And you know they're not going to let Roman get beat clean. So, you know, again, that's where the triple threat kind of comes into play where, you know, that way Roman doesn't have to get pinned to lose one of the titles. You know, because, again, as much as they have worked this up, I don't see Cody leaving WrestleMania without something. And I thought, honestly, what they were doing with the whole um, Adam Pierce angle, because he was so mad at the bloodline at one point, I thought he was going to make them defend the Raw Tag Team titles every week and then make Roman kind of defend the world title, which is, I think, the Raw's title. And, and then ultimately, you know, they'll lose one, Roman keeps the one, however they they work it out, you know, there. But right now it looks like they're going to keep them, you know, an undisputed uh, WWE Universal Champion in the WrestleMania. I, w- I was hoping they would break up the belts and then you could have, you know, a crazy amount of things happen. And I was waiting for it. And maybe on SmackDown they do it. Maybe they, look, if they take it and they say, you know, it's no longer for the, you know, WWE Undisputed Championship. is now for the WWE title or just the Universal title. They, they may end up, you know, again, it's in Sami Zayn's hometown. He's got everything going for him right now. And that's the other part where with everything they're doing with Cody and with Sami, I don't see Roman just going through them like, like nothing. You know, they built this whole thing up. To, to almost perfection now that, you know, and, and the, you know, the, the cynical me thinks, okay, it's WWE, they're going to mess it up because that's what, you know, Vince would always do. But so far with, you know, there's been a couple hiccups here and there with some of the things that have been going on. But the bloodline has been the one thing that, that WWE it's, has seemed to hit on everything. Everything has worked perfectly, whether it's, a promo, whether it's, you know, setting up the matches, the KO match, you know, that just happened at Royal Rumble. You know, it was it was one of those things where, you know, I didn't think KO was going to win, but I was looking at to see, okay, how do they go about it? And they, they, they got me on it because I didn't think that he was going to be, you know, as clean beating Kevin Owens as it turned out. But then when you watch the whole match play out, and I've watched it again a couple other times, it wasn't the fact that KO and Roman were fighting for a title. The whole thing was Sami Zayn on the outside going through all the emotions, and then at the end was going to have to lay out KO when he couldn't do it. And then he turned on Roman. You know, so, so again, I thought they wrote that very well. And then Jay just being like rolling out of the ring, and then he showed up out in the crowd, he came down to defend the titles, and he left again. Sammy, you know, meets him, and actually it was SmackDown, I think. It wasn't even Raw, SmackDown, I'm sorry. And they met him at the outside in the truck area and was like, you know, I acknowledge you. And now it kind of got me going to another area, whereas is Jay going to be the, the X Factor in this match? But I almost feel like it's going to be the same thing where Jay's going to have to choose Roman or Sammy, and he's going to choose Roman to everybody's demise, and especially in Montreal. And then there were some things where the Usos might not even be able to travel over to, to Montreal, at least I think maybe it was just Jimmy. One of them has, has issues, but apparently all that's been taken care of, and both are clear 
to travel. So that's going to be one of the things that I'm very interested in seeing. Um, and then I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts here in the chat. You know, I mean, what? how do you think, best case scenario, how, how it plays out? And, and look, we'll just keep it to Elimination Chamber right now. If you want to throw in how you think they lead up to WrestleMania, by all means, you can. You can play, you know, matchmaker and everything there as well. But um, just interested to see how you think they put this plays out because I just don't know. You know, you can't just squash Sammy right now. He's on fire. You can't squash Cody because he's on fire. It, it's going to be very interesting to see what they got. Uh, I'm going to go to the chat here real quick before I jump on to the next. Um, Josh says, what do you think about the Rumble? I didn't like Ripley winning it. No, I, I think it's it's perfect with Ripley winning it. Who else Who else were you going to have win it, Josh? Um, I, just, I don't know anybody else. Do you, Becky wins it again, and it's Becky against Charlotte, Becky against Bianca. That's been done. Bailey, same thing. You know, I, I think Rhea getting into it. And then also there's that little story, whereas, you know, remember, uh, Charlotte won the, what was it, the Money in the Bank? Or no, it was the Royal Rumble. It was the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago. And Rhea Ripley showed up and said, you know, challenged her. And then Charlotte became the NXT champion because she beat Rhea Ripley. So now this is kind of Rhea winning the Royal Rumble and now getting an opportunity to rectify that. So there, there's been a little bit of a story, you know, brewing if you go back that far. To where, you know, again, it kind of makes a little bit of sense for Rhea Ripley. And then plus, I think, you know, right now, I think she's probably one of the, the top draws right now with what they're doing with Judgment Day and with her and Judgment Day and, and all that. So I'm going to, you know, respectfully disagree with that. I, I liked Ripley winning it. And um, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, let's see. Frankie says, Sammy's grown so much on me. I, I think Sammy's always been good. I just don't know that anybody saw this side of him as far as just being, I mean, you know, like when he was like, you know, he's not, he just, just, what did he, how do you say it? Um, he lost his Uzi or something. And then that was, that was it, man. I mean, it was almost every week they were going out just trying to make each other, you know, try to find out what they could do to make uh, each other kind of, uh, Crack under the pressure. Uh, Josh, Reigns win by DQ. Mostly, I mean, again, they do that, then it might set up, because I know Cody was on a podcast earlier and said he wouldn't be upset if they did make it a triple threat. So, again, could they be gearing toward a triple threat at WrestleMania? Definitely uh, could be, but I think if it does go triple threat, I think Cody's definitely winning um, the belt. Uh, would it be something if Brody beats Cody at Mania and keeps the title another year going into next year's Mania? Two at a time, I would not honestly put it by – I mean, I could see Roman winning it because at this moment right now, I just – I know Cody's got that great story going and, and everything there, but I just – man, I just don't know how you, you know, slow down Roman. I don't, I just don't see that happening. Uh, Sean, do you think Cody beats Roman at WrestleMania? Terry, I, I don't believe so. And, and But, I mean, I get it. If you watch everything and all the vignettes and everything like that, 
Cody's got to win it. Cody's got to finish the story, right? He, this is the perfect ending to the story. I just don't know how you beat Roman unless you do the triple threat or you just you break up the titles. That's the only the only way I can see. I just um, the end of the bloodline has to involve The Rock in some kind of way. Um, to a time, I think it's going to involve a lot more than that. I mean, I know if you follow Twitter and, and um, uh, Jacob Fatu weighed in on the Jay Uso thing, Lance Annoy weighed in, Samu. There was a lot going on on Twitter and, and social media from others in the uh, Samoan dynasty, shall we say, that 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 weighed in on the J. I, I think there's going to be more layers added, honestly, to the bloodline, you know, and, and we'll see where it goes. But, I mean, I, I think if The Rock, I just don't know that he comes in and, and is, like, Ultimately, here it is. The Rock showed up at WrestleMania. It wasn't for Roman, you know, to, to lose to him. It was to cement, cement him as the head of the table. You know what I'm saying? He was going to probably beat The Rock and, and, and you know, and become the head of the table. That's that passing, you know, if you want to call it the Samoan torch from The Rock to Roman Reigns. It wasn't like The Rock was going to come in and, you know, Rock bottom Roman Reigns and pin him in 37 seconds, and and then they set up for another match. I mean, hey, you never know. It's happened before, but I just can't think with right now as hot as Roman Reigns is, you know, with the bloodline the way it is going right now. I just I don't see um, that, and I I just don't know that the Rock adds the the end of the bloodline. I think it continues the bloodline. It actually you know will help Roman solidify that at least that's my my take on it um i could see solo as a champ but how could he get into title contention he'd have to break away from the bloodline and again you know if you watch it and again this is the one thing where in this angle if you watch solo sequoia sequoia's facial expressions when roman kind of treat, treats him like you know, like he's just a muscle. Like he has no brains. It's like, yeah, you do that. that uh, you'll see him kind of look at him and glance over at him every once in a while. Kind of like, you know what? At some point, I, I can see him being like, you know what? Enough is enough. And again, it, it could all unfold at a, at a elimination chamber. And it's going to be very interesting because the more I think about it, the more I talk it out, and the more, you know, there's so many ways they can go jay turning on him right jay and jimmy you know jimmy going with his twin brother and remember jay jimmy and solo are all brothers so you know again do they make that the bloodline and then roman gets put out i've seen you know there's been people that said what if the whole thing because remember paul Heyman cut the promo on when they were doing the trial of sammy Zayn, right and he, and he just just blew Sammy up and out of the water. Sammy Zane comes up and he says, you know what, if, if you want to believe all that, I have nothing to say. And he said, you're not even going to defend yourself? Solo, take him out. And then Jay stopped Solo from doing the Simone Spike. But there was, there was a thing that came out online, and I started thinking, I was like, 
an interesting little nugget is, you know, Brock Lesnar was considered unbeatable, right? Then he left. Roman came in. Paul Heyman went with Roman. The bloodline started. He kind of turned his back. They did the angle back and forth with Roman and and Brock. And then ultimately, Paul Heyman sides with Brock, with Roman. And Roman, you know, comes out on top. What what if all this is, you know, Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman pulling a rouge on Roman Reigns? Because if you watch, sometimes they feel like Heyman's pulling little strings like a puppeteer on certain things. You know, like he said, um, "What uh, you guys aren't needed in Montreal. You can stay home." Because you can see more on TV than what you see, you know, ringside. You know, there's just a lot of little things and a lot of where you're just kind of like, okay, all right, I thought it was going to go this way. And that's what makes, I think, this angle so attractive and intoxicating to, you know, wrestling fans is because it really is, you don't know what they're going to do next. You don't, in a way, you're like, I think they're going to go this way. But they could surprise you, you know. So it's a lot of things uh, going on. Um, let's see here. Uh, Boss B says, I know it's off subject. What about FTR coming back? Their contracts are up in April. Interesting thing. Dax posted uh, something yesterday. He took a picture of the table. And on the table, if you look in the left corner, perfectly placed, you can see the bottom of the WWE logo. And it's paper. And then um, the tweet is deleted. Take 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 it for what it is. It, it's you know it's wrestling. I could see FTR coming back if Triple H stays in power. Triple H doesn't stay in power. And again, I get it. Right now, everything is smooth and everything's running great. As far as with Vince staying kind of out of the way, except he's up in the you know the the corporate bubble there. But um, I, I could possibly see FTR coming back. And one of the things that uh, WWE did, you know, when the Good Brothers came back, and a little interesting nugget that Sean Ross Sapp um, shared on the uh, Life with Matt Hardy podcast, was that when FTR signed their deals, if WWE is not using them, they're not getting flown in. They don't have to be in town. Something a little different. Usually they fly a lot of the talent in, and then some will work and some won't, and then they go on their day. But they have in their contracts that if they're not going to be used, they are basically not going to be brought in. They're not going to be brought into that town or booked for that night if they're not being used. So, you know, and then also with the AJ Styles injury, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what and where they go with the Good Brothers. But I could see FTR come back, but also I could see them staying. 100% with AEW. I mean, look what they did this year with AEW. I mean, necessarily, not necessarily AEW, but because they were with AEW, they were able to go to AAA and win the titles, New Japan and win the titles. They got the Ring of Honor tag team titles. At one point, they were the AEW, you know, tag team champions. So they had a lot of freedom, and, and that's kind of what they wanted to do. They wanted to wrestle more, and, and they did that this year. So we'll see. I mean, it's all going to come down to with FTR, it's not really, so far it hasn't been about the money. But if, if 
they want to make more money and WWE will give them a contract to work maybe less dates for more money. I could see them going back. You know, again, it's like it's like, you know, in the NBA and NFL, you want to maybe one more big money deal before um you head on out into the to the sunset. So I could see them possibly going back, getting, you know, because I think they turned down seven fifty a year, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year when they left and went to AEW. So gotta believe they'll come back for more than that now. And um that that'll be very interesting to see what they do there. Uh, Cap for Life says, Gunther needs to lose, bro. That dude don't look right. But see, I don't. I think Gunther is, is the perfect person to have for the Intercontinental Champion right now. He's bringing back, you know, prestige to that belt and and watching him defend it and, and everything there. You know, he got that little big push during the Royal Rumble, came in as number one, and he was the last person Cody eliminated. Um. You know, again, Gunther, and he's lost a lot of weight. If you ever go look up online and look up Gunther or, um, oh, man, what was he before? Gunther, jeez. Oh, now I'm drawing a blank. Oh. Man. If you look him up, though, they have old pictures. He's lost so much weight and has gotten in pretty good, decent shape right now. Do uh, you think they're going to ooze versus ooze story and Naomi going to come back? To be honest, I heard Naomi might end up in AEW. I think the uh, Mercedes Monet or whatever, Sasha Banks, whatever you want to call her, I think that kind of messed up Naomi a little bit. Um, but I, I just don't see them doing, you know, brother versus brother right now. I, I mean... I think Jay and Jimmy will probably stick together whichever way they go. Um, but I don't see them turning on each other. But hey, you know what? With this story, they, they could do it. You could you could do it, definitely. You, you, you know what? One of the things you could do is turn them fighting each other and have Naomi come back to bring them back together. That could possibly be something, in, in the you know, that could work out. But, um... We'll have to see, man. That's that's what makes this angle so good. There's so many layers they can just keep peeling and peeling and be like, oh, we can do this. Oh, we can do this. Oh, we can do that. And, and it happened, I think, almost honestly by mistake. Because I don't think anybody thought the Sami Zayn thing was going to work the way it has. To where now it has become, you know, a, a byproduct of what you can do now because of what happened when Sami Zayn joined the bloodline, you know, Sammy Uso, the honorary Uso and all that. I don't think anybody thought that they were going to, you know, that was going to take off like it did. And when it did, beautiful. Uh, let's see. Uh, Capitalize says Mysterious Storyline needs a new life. Yeah, I just, I, I think they're trying to drag it out to where it's Dom against Ray at WrestleMania, so it's father versus son. And, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. It's just trying, I believe, they're trying to get to, because you don't want them to, I mean, again, they showed at the Royal Rumble Ravens series music hits. He never comes out. All of a sudden, Dominic comes out. He's wearing his mask and all that stuff. So we'll see where they go from there. But I just don't see, I don't see them having a match unless it's at WrestleMania. Uh, Frankie says, I'm not a fan of Gunther. I mean, he's not a look, man. I mean, he's an acquired taste, but I think he brings prestige 
that was needed to an intercontinental title that was being destroyed when Vince McMahon was running it. Man, Ooh, sorry about that. Sneak Attack 305, I guess you were Heyman and Solo turn Roman. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's almost to where you could see anybody in the bloodline right now being the one to stab Roman in the back, right? It could be Solo, Jay. I guess you don't really see Jimmy right now as that person, but, I mean, I think everybody else could be. And Heyman's just that little weasel that you just expect him to do it. Uh, why did John Cena come back to team with Kevin Owens? Never understood that tag. Kevin Life was just so John Cena could have a match. Then basically, he had one match at, in WWE for the last 20 years. And, and it just so worked out to where they were able to say it was the last Raw. It was basically the last live show for WWE for, for Cena to have that, and they were able to work it in. You saw what they did, right? I mean, he basically stayed out on the apron until the finish. He wasn't ready to do anything. So uh, is Vince back to being the boss in WWE? Um, Operation-wise, um, corporate-wise, I should say, yes. He is running the whole um, trying to find a buyer or however you want to see or whatever there. And all it is is because he's just protecting his own ass. He owns the most shares in the company, so of course he can try to get the most money. I mean, it, it, it's in, it behooves of him to get a uh, a good deal because all of the um, all of his shares will be perfect, right? And then bam, he just keeps the money off into the sunset. Uh, Terry says, Sean, do you think Logan Paul against Seth Rollins will be a WrestleMania? Yes. Yeah, I think that it, it's very interesting, too, because when you look at it, I'm trying to figure out which celebrities. And again, I, I understand Logan Paul is, I think he signed a WWE contract, so technically he's a WWE superstar. But I think he's more of a celebrity when you look at it. And so, you know, I think that's going to be, you know, Seth Rollins against Logan Paul. Supposedly they asked Stone Cold. Stone Cold said no. So it's going to be interesting to see how this WrestleMania plays out. But again, they had three weeks to build up the evolution, which is Saturday. And now they have six weeks. Six. Six weeks to build up to WrestleMania weekend, April 1st. So plenty of time between now and then. I think you saw Lita and Becky uh, come in. I think you're going to start seeing it. The word I heard was um, it's going to be Becky, Lita, and Trish against damage control. That's going to be another one of the matches that will probably get added, which will have, you know, kind of the legend celebrity feel at, um, at uh, WrestleMania. Josh, is AEW going down little by little? We're going to talk about AEW in a minute. Um, Josh and um, I think we might be on the same. Walter, thank you to a time. Walter, uh, was Vince still running creative when Sammy joined Bloodline? I think he was. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. When did Sammy join Bloodline? When was that? Cameron, I will say, I believe in the infancies, I believe it did start possibly with Vince still running creative. 
or I think at the time they were teasing. I think he was trying to be. I think he was trying to join the bloodline. I believe that was right at the end when, right when Vince stepped down and Triple H started taking over, and then they they became the honorary Oost and everything from there. I believe is how it worked out. Uh, Jeff Hardy's one of my faves when I was younger. Is there any updates on the self impossible return? No, and I, I listened to the uh, life of Matt Hardy. Uh, podcast and he just says he's doing good um you know he's trying to to work through everything and and this and i i think that's probably the best thing jeff hardy should do not worry about coming back not worrying about anything else he just needs to worry about himself at this point and and get himself right and then then possibly try to come back because also, I think one of the problems is, I think he's done so much to his body that he, it ends up being self-medication. And, and I think that's where a lot of his issues have come from. Because, I mean, you can only do that for so long. You can only, you know, throw yourself off ladders and throw, you, you know, this, the swamp pond. I, I, I know everybody's like, you know, you know, using the fake word and this and that, but it still takes damage on your body. And that's your finishing move, night in and night out doing it. Look at this. Hogan had to have a hip surgery because he dropped the leg drop so much. Because that was his finishing move. Think about that. He had to have leg surgery because he was so big. He had 300 and I think he was built at like 307 or something like that at the time. Probably heavier than that, maybe a little lighter at the end. But because he was dropping the leg drops and the way he would come down on his back and his hips, it messed up his back and his hips. That's just doing a leg drop. Now you're jumping, you know, what, 15, 18 feet? And then you're coming off ladders. You're going through tables. You make your living off TLC matches. And it, it takes the toll on your body, man. It's not just something that just, you know, goes away. Uh, Vince Van from Cali. Do you think Stone Cold will make an appearance at WrestleMania? I know he's worked out. Uh, everybody's saying no, but I don't know if that's just to throw everybody off because he's been working out. I've watched a lot of his stuff, and um, I will never, I will never say no, but I would say it's probably fifty-five percent right now, sixty percent he won't. But I will never say never on anything in pro wrestling. Uh, Logan Paul is way better than Dominic. Everybody. Dominic's best thing going right now is the fact that he's, what is it, a con, convict dom or whatever the hell he's doing now with this thing. That works for him. Just let him be the talker. Make, make it, you know, like, like he's just big, you know, tough guy, and he's really nothing, nothing. Uh, two at a time, says, I was happy to see Chelsea Jr. turn WWE. I kind of like her Karen character, but I hope she's more than a jobber. See, here's the thing, though. I think with that gimmick, I think she can only be a jobber. I just, I mean, as a Karen, you're going to, you're going to, you know, everything's got to happen to you or be perceived to happen to you, right? Oh, I didn't win the title because of whatever. So I, I think ultimately, you know, I mean, everybody's going to look at it as a jobber, but that that's almost like the gimmick now. That's her gimmick. I mean, it was like Barry Horowitz, you know, who used to, his gimmick was always like, he pat himself on the back as doing a great job, but what happened in the end? He always got beat, never won. 
Um, Sean, do you think MVP will reform the Hurt business and add Omos? My thinking is 100%, and I think at this time, if they do it, it's very interesting. And, and I'm going to try to get some more info if I can. I don't know if he'll let me know. But I think you're going to see Bobby Lashley kind of be the Ric Flair, the champion. Omos be the enforcer. You know, you're Sid Vicious. What they have back that Barry Windham, your Lex Luger's, you're, you know, the big muscle of the group. And then you got Shed and Shelton as your tag team. But also, don't don't forget, there's Carmelo Hayes down in NXT. I would love to see him be brought in. And there was talk of adding, you know, Street Profits and making it kind of like the Hurt Business kind of being like a nation again. You know, like the Nation of Domination back in the day, which had, um, let's see, it was Ron Simmons, Farouk at the time. Uh, Godfather, D'Lo, The Rock came in. Uh, I think they had Ahmed Johnson in it for a couple uh, sips of tea. And, and I, I think that's kind of what you're going to see kind of form there, I, I believe. Because, and, and maybe, you know what it might be? They might end up breaking up the street profits. And, and Montez Ford goes one way. And you'll see Dawkins, I believe, join. You know, like like that the nation type of, of thing, and, and change, and become his own because you're seeing kind of Montez Ford's always been the high flyer, the the guy getting all the moves, but now you're starting to see Dawkins kind of turn a, a little bit more uh, aggressive as as a performer. So it'll it'll be interesting to see, and I hope they do take that, you know, in various different directions. Um, Sean, you think of Adam Cole's return being as a face? Let me get that in one minute. I'm going to jump to AEW as soon as we finish uh, these last couple questions. Uh, Triple H screwed up. He should have set up a Valentine's Day romance match between Otis and Dewdrop. Oh, no, the Dewdrop is no more now. It's Piper Niven. And I think uh, that's what that's what they, they do. And then now Otis, you know, again, I think – I think Vince had the idea that he didn't like Otis the comedian. Remember, what was it? Was it last year or the year before? Otis won the Money in the Bank, and then he lost it in a match on Raw, setting up for Austin Theory. Or no, the year before, maybe Austin Theory won it this year. Vice versa, flip it back. It was the same year that they, when they did it at the Titan, at the the WWE headquarters. Otis won. And, and I think when you saw what they were doing with maximum male models, I think you made, you saw him do the worm the other day. That's the first time we've seen him do that in a while on TV. You saw him last night eating a hot dog. You know, I, I think you're starting to see that come back. That's what you need from Otis. Oh, he just, to me, he just does not look like, like Bronson Reed is the killer guy. You look at him and you're like, that guy is going to kick my ass. You look at Otis, and he's like the guy that you can have fun with sitting at the bar and just cracking jokes. You know, I mean, I'm saying, look, you piss him off, he'll probably break your leg and eat it in front of you. But when you look at the two big guys, I believe Vince McMahon saw Otis and said, big guy has to be monster. And, and that's not Otis to me. I like Otis being, you know, the, what they did with the Mandy Rose thing. And all that. That's the that's Otis to me. 
Bronson Reed is the monster. So I think now they're trying to get him back to where, um, where he, he's uh, back to being more comedic. I believe. I hope. Hope because I don't like this artist. I don't. I don't. But this doesn't come come to me. Uh, let's see. Fan fans count over under 15 matches on the WrestleMania. Was that WrestleMania one show? 15 matches per show or 15 matches total, Fence Man Cali. You can just clarify that for me. Um, uh, let's see where we are here. Why does it always feel that like WWE has no idea how to use Corbin? They they just need to bring him. I think what you're gonna end up doing is they're gonna bring him back to the the lone the lone wolf days, and, and that's what you're gonna get. Because also the problem is now is is you you've you've used them so many times. And every time it just kind of hasn't worked out, right? It just, you, know, you kind of lose, they lost the interest in them. I, I don't think that, that pairing up with JBL was ever going to work. I don't. I don't. I think the best time they had with him was when he lost his money. And then he was like, you know, down on his luck and everything else. I think that was when fans were relating to him a little bit more. They probably should have stretched that out a little bit more before he hit the the lotto, but or hit the jackpot in Vegas, but you know what? It is what it is. Um, to a time, okay, no, yeah, that's the time I liked as well. Capitalized, so they just showed Dom and Rhea attack Ray and his wife again at a Valentine's dinner. Why are they always messing with Ray? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, I don't understand. And, and I'm guessing that's on like a WWE uh, exclusive. On like the social media or something, or I'm watching NXT and I don't even know if that's what it was there or not. But uh, I'm watching every once in a while. Will the bloodline as a faction go down in history like NWA, NWO, Bullet Club, DX? You know what? I don't. I don't think that it will. I don't think it will. I think the angle will go down as a great angle, but the group collectively. I don't think it will. But again, NWO as a whole, terrible. But when you throw in Hall, Hogan, Nash, and then Bischoff, like the the original, the original um, NWO that the not when it got to 175 people, like when the whole roster was in the NWO. Um, the Bullet Club is one of those that is you know again it, it's kind of like a uh, an underground. Phenom, right? Bullet Club. It's just it's one of those things where DX was 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 money behind it and pushed it, and it's always been there. The Horsemen, you know, when you start looking at those groups and things like that, I just I don't see Bloodline going down as a faction like that. But I think the Bloodline angle will go down as a major major angle in uh, pro wrestling. Uh, Otis and Chad Gable need more airtime, bro. Yes, Alpha Academy. Ah, but I think they're going to end up taking uh, Otis away from Gable. So uh, we'll see. Best part of the attack was when Dom was telling Rhea they learned how to make wine in prison. That's what I'm saying with Dom. He's like, you just got to let him do his talking, man. Let him do his talking, and then when he gets his ass beat, you're like, yes, okay. 
I wanted to get his ass beat. He almost reminds me, and and you have to think back to anybody that's watched Texas wrestling. I I look at like because Michael Hayes did back it up sometimes, but he used to talk so much shit that when Devon Eric would just start beating the shit out of him, you'd be like, yes, perfect. And then all of a sudden, Gordy would come down and make the save or, you know, he'd always get saved. And I think that's what they they need to keep doing with Dom. Let him get thrown around a little bit, but then he slides away and he slithers out of the ring. He talks his talk and then he gets beat up and then he slides out. That's kind of what I think Dom needs to be right now, at least leading up into WrestleMania. And then, you know, when he gets down with Ray, I'm sure Ray's going to put him over. But I'm sure there's going to be some stuff from, you know, um, Judgment Day or somebody to, to help him get the victory. Uh, let's see. Cat for Life. Otis and Chad doing Patrick Swayze and Chris Farley. It was awesome. They're great together. I just don't see them bringing both of them maximum male models. Maybe, maybe not, but we'll see. Um, all right. I think I got everybody up in the chat. So let's jump over now. Let's talk a little bit of. The other company, of course, which is the great AEW, All Elite Wrestling. Um, as was said in the comments, let me try to find out who that was. Uh, Sneak Attack 305 said, uh, what do you think of Adam Cole's return being as a face? Um, I think you have to bring him back as a face right now. What else are you going to do with him? You, you can't bring them back as a heel because right now the best thing you have going on your TV is your heel champion. So I think ultimately the best thing they're, they're doing the best thing they can for them right now. And, and what's interesting is, is I don't know, they're doing a lot of these vignettes. I don't know what they're building up for. I don't know what the big, uh, match is going to be for Adam Cole. I'm, I'm, I keep thinking about it. I'm like, what's going to be the only thing I can think of is, you know, again, they got the Iron Man match coming up in their next pay-per-view with uh, Danielson and uh, MJF. If for some reason they beat MJF beats down Danielson and then Cole comes out and becomes the next threat for MJF. But I really think that's too soon for a guy that's been gone for five, six months when you have everybody else on the roster, you know, going. But, again, this is one of the things I was to talk about is, you know, when you look at this AEW roster, and somebody said um, up at the top, AEW is going down little by little. Uh, Josh, is AEW going down little by little? I think there are days where it appears that, that some of that, that you know, they're barely getting to a million so far. They've gotten to, to one million at one point. And it got so bad that this last AEW show, they started at a million. They ended at 778,000 viewers for their tag team title match, which AEW lost to the guns, which I think is a crock of shit. That, that is amazing to me that the guns win the titles. And I get it. They're, they're probably – and this is where somebody asked me about FTR. 
Remember, the guns were feuding with FTR before they left. They always ended off, you know, top guns out or whatever the hell they say, top guys out, or I don't think they said top guys, the guns, I mean, I'm not talking about FTR. No FTR said that. But the guns are saying something. Now they win the titles. Now everybody's like, well, they won the titles so that FTR can come back and, and win the titles from them. But you had a perfect opportunity, and I get it. I understand the the scissor me daddy ass is making money hand over fist. I, I get all that. But you had Billy Gunn there. He slides in the ring. You have, uh, at the time, Anthony Bowens was laid out. You had, I believe it was Austin Gunn in the corner. He pulls the belt. And at that point, that's the one that's where you could have made the move right there and had the gun club, you know, you know, dad choose his sons. And then at least, I mean, the guns is your damn tag team champions with all the damn tag teams you had in AEW. The guns are your representation. This is the standard bearer of our tag team division. Austin and Colton Gunn. I mean, God damn, man. Come on. I just, I mean, if you would have turned daddy ass and, you know, and then, you know, he went back to kind of like his DX mode, you know, Billy Gunn mode, I, I think then you've got something to build on. But what do you do now if you're the acclaimed? What, you fight him in the pay-per-view and you win the titles back? I just, I mean, and then, and now if you change, and then if you go to the pay per view and then daddy ass turns, another bullshit, man. That's bullshit booking. You should have done it right there, just done it, and then, you know, moved on or however you want to do it. But I just think that one of those, it just, to me, it's terrible, man. Terrible. Um,. Yeah, they're doing a Von Eric movie. Actually, MJF is playing Lance Von Eric in the movie. Uh, Sean, who's going to be the one to take the title off MJF? Dude, Terry, honestly, right now, man, if you were to ask me two, three months ago, I would have been like, if they keep pushing Wardlow the way they were, but they derailed him like a freaking train. I mean, they just, they killed MJF. I mean, they killed Wardlow. Wardlow could have been the one if you want to work the whole story out, kept the TNT title, built them up even more, keep building them, building them, building them. You got MJF staying over here. They end up leveling off and they end up colliding. That is who I could have seen take out MJF. But right now, I just, I don't know. I really don't. I don't know who you sit there and say, that guy is going to dethrone MJF because MJF is money right now. <laughs> Who do you have as a face that, that can do that? What? What are you going to do? Darby Allen? Orange Cassidy? Jungle Boy Jack Perry? Put another title on Samoa Joe? Claudio? I just... And I don't think you have a face right now that's there. I mean, I like what they did with uh, Takashita. I love what they did with that match. I thought MJF and him had a great match, and it did build him up. It did build up, 
you know, um, Tarashita to have, you know, a nice start, a nice base to where, you know, you, you can believe in them. Now where they go from there, I don't know, but MJF can have a great match with anybody. You saw it in that match. He can do, he can do, you know, high-risk maneuvers. He can do stuff off the ropes. He chooses not to. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, but right now, I don't think that person is there. Unless they build Wardlow back up or something, but I think they, they crushed that already. I don't know. Uh, Adam Cole Kyle Riley turned on the Bucks to set up the Bucks run with Kenny Omega in the three-man titles. We'll call reunited with the Bucks after he did that to them. Dude, with that, with the way the Bullet Club and the Elite and all that stuff works, I can see you running that back. I can see that happening. I don't know necessarily if that's, you know, what they feel is, is best for for what they want to do, but um, but I could definitely see that. I just don't know how soon Kyle O'Reilly's coming back from uh, injury. Because you'd see um, Adam Cole and maybe Kyle O'Reilly team back up or something and, and work to things, but we'll see. Um, AEW only have a handful of good, I think you're supposed to say good tag team groups. They do now, but before, I mean, dude, you had the Young Bucks. You had FTR. You had um, Jurassic Express. You had the Acclaimed. You had, you know, I mean, I mean the guns aren't bad, but to say they're your standard for your tag team division, yikes, man, yikes. Um, I, I think that is that's the part where you have to reevaluate, you know, what you're doing. And again, I get it. They lost FTR. The elite is uh, the Young Bucks is doing a thing with the trios title, but I mean, you haven't used, you know. The Lucha Brothers, you haven't used them in a while. I haven't seen them, you know, except when they were doing the trios. I mean, there's there's got to be there's got to be ways ways to do it. But I, I just I to me to say that the guns and I get it, they resigned and and all that stuff. But to put the titles on them, I thought was I don't know. I just you could have done it better, maybe. That that's my maybe that's what I'm I'm more I'm more upset about is the way they did it. The way they put the titles on. Uh, AEW has zero character development. The MJF storyline is pretty much the same storyline as MJF. Jericho needs to develop some, some some better stories. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they have zero character development because I've watched Darby Allen become, you know, something. I've watched, you know, Jack Perry. And again, I, I pick on them earlier about about some of the things, but they have, you know, Ricky Starks. I mean, and that that's my next question. That's why I just saw it there. But I mean, there's guys that have had character development. Hell, even QT Marshall, when you watch them, now is it main event? Q, you know, character development? No, but they they've had the character development for their characters. I mean, I agree with you on their storyline. Some of their storylines you can start. It's like they plug and play you know, different people into the storylines. I agree with that. They've got to figure out a better way of of doing that. 100%, I agree with that. But I, I think the character development, it, it, 
I mean, powerhouse Hobbs, I like the way they're doing him. I think they're maybe slow crawling it a little bit too much. And they need, they should give him a little bit more elevation. But, but again, at this point right now, is powerhouse Hobbs going to be MJF? Is powerhouse Hobbs going to be, you know, that next face of AEW to where you, you know, they got to collide right now. So I think you can take it slow on some of these guys because you do have your Danielsons, you have your Claudios, the Wheeler Yudas, you know, some of the younger guys that have been around for a while. So the powerhouse Hobbs, you can kind of build and feed them the stuff. And, and But I think he definitely needs to get a little bit more TV time, even if it's the squash matches. Put them out there and just let them squash people slowly but surely. Give them two minutes of TV time, but you keep seeing powerhouse Hobbs over and over and over. And I think that'll eventually um, help him out. Um, let's see. Uh, Terry said, Sean, how Ricky starts for a title. And Sneak Attack said, I see Ricky starts eventually taking the belt from MJF. If they keep him on the path he is on now, I can see that. Because I believe right now, Chris Jericho is kind of the guy that kind of gets everybody ready for the title the title run. So I, I can see that kind of happening as as we go. Um, so, yeah, I can I can go with that. Uh, the Living Legend Larry Zabisco will be in St. Louis this Saturday. Oh, that would be good. That's a great mind, man. He's a great wrestling mind. Uh, maybe Wardlow loses the TNT Championship and they do MJF. No, he's already lost the TNT title. He lost it a while ago. And then Samoa Joe choked him out and then cut his hair. And then now he's back to, he's going to do a sit down, I think, tomorrow. But I mean, I just, they went from Wardlow being this badass, you know, coming out looking almost like the, re, you know, the reemergence of the Goldberg character to he's choked out, his hair's cut and, and everything else there. So, I mean, you know, again, my, my problem with AEW, and it goes the same thing with their women division. Their women's division, I mean, I think right now they, you know, Britt Baker is a champion. I loved it then. You got Jamie Hayter as a champion. I think she's a great champion. I just don't know, you know, Jay Cargill. They, they got to start elevating some of them to where there's there's newer matchups. I'm tired of seeing the same matchups, you know. And then now you do the Soraya and Tony Storm where, you know, it, it's the um, – they're trying, trying to do the outsiders type thing where – they're not from AEW. Well, guess what? Most of these women didn't make their names in AEW. I mean, honestly, the only ones that have made their names in AEW would be Cargill. Um, I guess you could say Britt Baker in a way. I mean, but she did it also on the independent scene. Hater was also under a deal with WWE Developmental. I mean, when you start looking at things, like when you run that type of angle, it's like, yeah, some of the stuff doesn't uh, – doesn't make a lot of sense, but um, what are they going to do with Jade Cargill? She's just bigger, too big for you. No, but see, the thing is, is Jade Cargill, the, what my worry was with Jade Cargill was, you know, again, they're doing this whole thing where it's 50 and 0, 50 and 0, 50 and 1, you know, and, and they did the same thing with Goldberg, and he got the 100 and like, forgot what it was with Kevin Nash beating him, but it was 170 something. It was like 178 or something. And then he loses to Kevin Nash because 
Uh, Scott Hall hits him with the, the stun gun and and all that stuff. And then he loses. And then what happened to Goldberg after that? You know, I mean, I mean, I get it. His career didn't, but that gimmick it just doesn't work. You don't have the days where you go undefeated all the time because again. She hasn't elevated. She hasn't ever worked against Britt Baker. She hasn't worked against Jamie Hayter. She hasn't gone against Soraya. I don't think she's gone against Sheeta. They've always been giving her the same, you know, the same, the same, uh, you know, red velvet again, and and you know, and Willow Nightingale. And, and again, nothing wrong with them. They're great performers. But again, if you want to elevate her. It's the same thing as Bill Goldberg. I mean, you fed him all these guys, and then you made it up. Like I remember one one Nitro, he was thirty seven and zero, and then he came back and he was sixty one and zero. So in seven days, he won fourteen matches. I'm not sure which which area he's fighting in, but uh, it's a little difficult to do. But again, it's one of those things. Um, let's see, is AEW bringing Sasha Banks or Mandy Rose? I don't know Mandy Rose. I mean, think about this. She made over a million dollars in one month on her. Um, it's not an OnlyFans. It's, it's whatever the other the other thing is. She made that in one month in December after she got fired. One million dollars. You're coming back for this? If you're making that, I get it. She's making that because of, you know, probably, you know, what everybody saw there. But, again, if you're producing that kind of content and you're making that money, you know, I mean, but, again, if, if she comes back, it's probably going to be with AEW because WWE will not let her do the third, you know, third uh, whatever person, you know, networking stuff. So she's not going to get rid of it. AEW doesn't seem to mind. So... I mean, if she comes back, I would think Mandy Rose would be AEW because she's not going to give up that much money. And if she only has to wrestle on Wednesday nights, she flies out Tuesday, wrestles Wednesday, home Thursday, she still have all the other time for content. So I could definitely see uh, that happening. Um, the other thing I want to talk about was looks like Ring of Honor, their tapings are going to be February 25th and 26th. It's going to be in Orlando. Um Beyond Wrestling had it booked Willow Yuta, uh, Willow Nightingale, and a couple of other performers that normally are on Ring of Honor. They pulled out. Willow Nightingale is going is staying on the card, but everybody else that is associated with Ring of Honor. So nothing's been said in concrete, but it looks like those are going to be the dates for the first set of Ring of Honor tapings. Um, in New Japan Pro Wrestling over the weekend, Jay White lost a loser in Japan match to I'm going to mess his name up. Hikaleo. Um, but he is competing at the NJPW Battle in the Valley on February 18th. That's in the United States. He's no longer in Japan. It was a loser league Japan match. But he's still fighting for a new Japan February 18th here in the States. He does want to come back to the States. Apparently he had good talks with WWE. He's had good talks with AEW. And he's had good talks with Impact. And he's been on a few of the AEWs and the impacts. So no telling what's going to happen there with Jay White, but that would be another, you know, Bullet Club member coming in. Does he come in with that? Adam Cole? You know, we were talking about it earlier. 
with Adam Cole, Jay White, does that bring another, you know, again, that's another name elevated up, Jay White against MJF. You know, there's a couple different ways they could go. QG uh, Marshall's time, like a DLCCW, the PRCCW would be like an NXT for AEW. I'll have to look into that thing. I don't know because I know QT has his school, the Nightmare. Well, it's Cody's school, but QT's the main um, the main coach there um, at, at the Nightmare Factory. So I know I know they have been kind of the feeder out. Now, will some of that talent perform at CCW? I can see that. Just like what happened with uh, NXT and uh, Booker T's Reality of Wrestling, NXT is sending down performers to reality of wrestling Booker T's promotion to have, you know, to get some ring time and, and things like that. And also to, you know, develop some of the talent that is down there. I can see that happening as well. I don't know that um, CCW is going to be an NXT for AEW because I feel like that's what their ring of honor is. Honestly. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, NWA pay-per-view over the weekend also. Uh, Tyrus beat Cardona. Bully Ray got involved. and looks like it might be Tyrus against Bully Ray. Then on Sunday, the NWA heavyweight title was on a commercial during the Super Bowl. So that got a lot of little press for him. And then I don't know how many have seen it, but Kevin Kiley took on EC3 and he face-planted a dive. He hadn't wrestled in six years. Thought it was a great idea to try to do a plancha. And uh, look, he hit the rope and they uh, face planted out into the concrete. So uh, let me see, make sure my notes here. And then also, I'd be remiss. R.I.P. to Jerry Jarrett, the father of Jeff Jarrett. Uh, he also the Memphis Territories, as well as you know, he helped launch TNA in 2002 with Jeff. So he will um, be sadly missed. Uh, he passed away at the age of 80. Neilio, the owner of CCW, said to Zazzle on his show last week, oh, okay, all right, listen, man, I'm not, I mean, I know I have talked with um, Dan Evans and um, I haven't talked to him in a little while, so I'm out of loop. I'm just saying, normally they don't use, like, Unless they can control now again, if, if CCW signed control over to you know to AEW and and that's what they're going to do because let me tell you something man when you go to NXT and like I went to FCW like like it, it's they teach the way to wrestle in WWE. So if you're going to tell me CCW now, their training is going to be, okay, this is how AEW does it, and they're doing all that, then, you know, then, hey, you know, all, all for it. I, I mean, hopefully, I mean, those guys in CCW deserve some, you know, I know Gangrel's down there working with them. I know uh, uh, Alex Chamberlain and, and some of those guys are there. I know the, the men and women are busting their ass in that school. So they get some notoriety there with AEW. And, and get that stuff. I know I know a lot of them have been doing dark and, and stuff, especially when it's here in Orlando and that stuff there. I mean, all, I'm all for it. I, I hope it is that way. I just know that 
when you start saying they're going to be a a NXT for them, like that that's NXT is taught to wrestle the WWE way. So if that's what they're going to do, and that's what AEW is going to do, then that's going to change some things. Because you know, like there's a reason NXT is not allowed to travel outside the Florida Loop right now. They'll go and do a show, a pay-per-view here and there, but they're not doing the whole national loop or anything like that because of, of you know, the reasoning they try to keep, you know, the talent doing the WWE thing, but pull it back to where you don't get to see them. Because I saw, and this is another thing I wanted to bring up too, and I don't know if anybody saw this. Rey Mysterio was on um, social media for not signing some like Funko Pops and all this stuff. Some guy at the airport had like a whole tray of Funko Pops for him to sign with um, with arrows where to sign and all this stuff. You know, like, like they're, they're, they can't do that. They can sign one piece of paper. Like they're not allowed to sit there and sign. Like, I don't understand what people, and then everybody's like, oh, not everybody, but there are people like, oh, Rey Mysterio being mean to the fans. No. Well, they're resellers. It's not damn fans. They're trying to make money. You're catching a guy at an airport at 6 o'clock in the morning to sign 30-something Funko Pops, and you get mad because he doesn't want to sign any? WWE does not allow them to sign that stuff. WWE gets paid by people to have them show up to sign stuff. That's how WWE makes money. You think they will, you know, you guys go to the airport and sign whatever you want. Oh, it's a damn business. It's just hilarious to me. I saw it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, please smash the like button. Thank you, Jaime. Um, they're getting those CCW wrestlers moving to AW Dark. Yeah, no, I mean, but again, I saw... Um, Frank Stone, um, you know, he wrestled on the show in San Antonio. What was the last show they just did? He was in some of those shows. So, um, you know, and then also, he's not going to sign any of the Funko Pops. He can't sign anything that can be resold. He can sign blank pieces of paper. Like, I, I mean, like, it's just amazing to me because when I saw it, I was like, what the hell? And it's this guy, he's holding a tray. He's just got Funko Pops with the little blue arrows on where he wanted them to sign it. And he's like, oh, you're not going to sign it for me, right? Oh, I'm not going to sign it for you. <laughs> I get paid money to do this stuff. I'm not going to do it for free. That's why I don't understand some of this stuff. It's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of the, look, I mean, if you want an autograph and you're a fan and it's a kid, yeah, I'm sure you're going to sign a poster for a kid. But he's not going to sign something from, you know, some 40-year-old guy that's got a whole bunch of Funko Pops. But, um, so if you've got anything else to me, don't forget to follow me on social media at Sean underscore Stanley 11. Um, I'm going to be trying to throw out some, uh, I'm going to probably start doing a little shorts and YouTube shorts and different things like that. Just when news breaks, since we're only doing this on Tuesdays nights at 8 o'clock, you know, we'll be here. Um, and then um, debating on whether 
Saturday to do anything before the Elimination Chamber. Um, would you guys want to do a show and talk Elimination Chamber? It's Saturday at 7 o'clock, so I'd probably go about 6 o'clock because their show starts at 7, leading into the pay-per-view and things like that. So we'll see uh, what events you're trying to go to. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be going to a, uh, to a lot of them. I'm going to touch base with them and, and see, uh, see which events I can get to. Um, for CCW, I'm going to start networking a little bit more now that um, football season's kind of over and I have some time. I'd like to get some interviews, conduct some interviews, maybe get some to call in, promote shows, and, and things like that. So um, I'd like to work, you know, a little bit hand-in-hand -hand with them and see, see what happens, um, and, and we'll go from there. Now, hold on a moment. Sorry about that. All right, any opinion on Bray Wyatt's storyline? I like it. It's different. Not everybody's cup of tea. The pitch black match was probably Mountain Dew threw a bunch of money at him. And they said, you know what we can do? We can make the ropes Mountain Dew green. We can have LA Knight glow in the dark. And we can do all this stuff and make it happen. And and, and that's what that's what you get. I mean, I just think it's it, it's an interesting to the way that you don't get a lot of, you don't get a lot of that, like that storyline. I mean, with Bray Wyatt right now, what, what, what do you think, I'll ask you guys, where do you think it's heading for WrestleMania for Bray Wyatt? Because I had an idea, but now so far, it's, unless they're slow crawling it for the next six weeks, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Because I don't know. Um, they don't have a solid story for him right now. No, they don't. They don't have anything for him right now. I honestly thought it was going to be a cinematic match. Bray Wyatt against all his, you know, the Uncle Howdy, the, I don't know all their names, man, the, the Pig, the, you know, maybe even Alexa Bliss at some point. But it was going to be a cinematic match where he has to fight through all of them for the actual Bray Wyatt to emerge victorious. You know, that kind of way I saw when they first debuted and all of the characters were there. And then Uncle Howdy, you know, which apparently is Bo Dallas. So if, if it is that, if it is Bo Dallas, Sneak Attack 305, yes, that's his real brother. Um, but I just don't know. Uh, um. They did the Undertaker against Bray at, at WrestleMania already, Frankie. He did that uh, push-up on his hands where he was elevated and his back is arched and he crawled over toward the Undertaker. And the Undertaker sat up and looked at him. And then he stopped. It was, uh, it was, a, that was, a, it was a pretty decent match. Uh, Frankie asked, what do you think of the press conference WWE has done? I mean, it's just – it's one of those things to where they're – They learn from what AEW is doing. And I think right now they're they're starting with just you know the um, basic news conference, press conference type things. But I think sooner or later you're going to end up seeing an AEW uh, was it brawl out because you can start working storylines from that stuff. They they've done it in Japan. After every match, they have the press back there and they do their interviews and they've had people attack people. 
I think ultimately they 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 looked at it and they said, you know what, this is something else right now. We just work it short. You know, they have the invited media that they they're there. They give the media a chance to talk. I mean, I think they did like three questions each person, and and they went with it. And then you know, again, if it, I think ultimately you're going to see things happen to where, you know, remember when uh, Stone Cold beat uh, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. And Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson and Shawn Michaels, or, or sorry, Mike Tyson and Stone Cold are doing the press conference. Shawn Michaels stormed in. No, nobody caught it. WWE cameras were the only ones there. Imagine you're doing that and you have all the you know wrestling media and press there and everything else, and now you have somebody slam in. And you do it. You know how many you know how many eyes you're going to have on that. Different angles you're going to have on that. I think WWE with with Triple H and and you know younger eyes on the company and maybe it has to do with you know whoever they have doing creative creatively you know maybe uh, some of the younger producers they've hired is that you're starting to see more of the social media behind the scenes stuff you know they're, they're starting like what the elite did with with all their podcasts you had being the elite right you have a uh, what is it? Ethan Page's vlog. Uh, you had uh, was Sammy Guevara had a pod. All them, but every every one of them was geared behind what was going on behind the scenes in AEW. And at the same time, AEW is planting seeds, like what WWE is doing right now with the hurt business behind the scenes. Every time they have somebody cut a promo, you'll see you know MVP talking to Shelton Benjamin and and you know just planting little seeds that you see it. And then we'll, we'll visit back. We'll visit back. And I, I think ultimately that's what you're going to uh, to see emerge from these press conferences. There's probably other ways to, you know, he just won the championship. He's talking to somebody. Somebody interrupts him. He's going to set up for the next, uh, the next title defense. Uh, what's the story on L.A. Knight? I don't know, Cavalier, where they're going to go with him, man. I don't. I don't. I thought they could do more with him, but uh, I don't know where they're going to go with him. I just. I don't. I mean, I, he's one of those guys that you'll remember him. Remember him just from all the um, just his, his shit talking. Really, I mean, you remember the character from the shit talking. And that's the one, the one thing you know. He's the guy that you want to see get beat because of, you know, what I was talking about with Dom. But Ellie Knight can also work. <laughs> that's the thing. And it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. I just think they kind of threw him in there with the uh, Bray Wyatt pitch black match, just for it to make sense, and then also to see the different uh, variances of the Bray Wyatt character with Uncle Howdy. And some, you know, some other stuff. And I'm not sure what's going on with um, Alexa Bliss. I think she took some time away from the WWE. I think she had an injury or possibly or something. But um, I don't know if that's storyline driven or if that's legit type thing. I haven't heard either way. But, again, at WrestleMania, I honestly thought with the way they debuted everything, it was going to be you know, a cinematic match of Bray Wyatt against all his inner beings somehow. 
And uh, but we'll see. This weekend it is uh, elimination chamber. Um, my thoughts is Reigns retains the title. Um, I think Austin Theory retains the U.S. title in the men's chamber. I believe Carmella, believe it or not, will end up winning the uh, Raw Elimination Chamber to take on Bianca Belair. And then what else do we have? Uh, Bobby Lashley, Brock, Brock Lesnar. I, I just think something is going to smog that and we see it land back. I thought that match would happen at WrestleMania. I can't believe it's happening now. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. I think this is going to be a, a disqualification. I don't think the match is ever going to start. And they'll save it for WrestleMania. And then what is the other one? What am I missing? Is there one more match? Can't remember. But anyways, uh, any word on CM Punk, Lugman? Um, there's money to be made. And it'll be interesting to see because I believe it's all going to end up being a ruse and you're going to see CM Punk back in AEW. I believe. Because I just think there's so much money there. And you would be stupid if you're AEW to not do everything you possibly can to 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 do good with that money. Because right now, again, remember, CM Punk is injured. So as he's doing the injury, there's no need to even talk his name. Just let everything keep going the way it's going now. When he's, you know, when he's ready to go, you start going. And again, I I I thought the reason FTR is off of TV now is because they're going to build up. I think ultimately what you're going to see is you're going to see a young buck taken out here, laying down. A Kenny Omega laid out in the locker room. You know, maybe some of their cronies laid out somewhere. Every other week, you'll start seeing somebody else laid out. And then ultimately, you'll see the appearance of FTR and CM Punk. And they'll challenge for the trio's titles. That's what I thought at the beginning. Now, again, that that's me and my, my little fantasy booking, because that's what I would like to see. As CM Punk is getting cleared to wrestle, you know, you start, you know, you don't you don't show them on air. You just start showing people laid out. And it's those guys, the elite, being laid out. And then ultimately it ends up being FTR and CM Punk. Uh, Ricochet, Logan Paul match when they both flew off the top rope was pretty good. Yeah, that spot was good. But it's also the same spot that Ricochet and Carmelo Hayes did at a, on a match that they had on NXT. But. They, they did. I mean, again, Logan Paul, you know, I said it when he first came on, when he when he wrestled uh, with The Miz against, um, against, I think it was against the Mysterios, right? At the wrestle, I was like, man, he's very impressive. He knows what he's doing. He understand. I knew he was athletic because most of your, you know, your Pat McAfee's, those guys are athletic. They're going to do something that's going to be like, wow, holy shit, I can't believe he just did that. That's going to happen because these guys are athletic. But Logan Paul also, when I watched him go against Roman Reigns, he understands the philosophy of pro wrestling. And that that's something that a lot of people don't pick up. Yeah, you can do a match here and there. But we, when you understand the philosophy of wrestling, you know, when to turn it up, when to, to not, you know, when 
you know, again, I look, I look back to, you know, I always kind of Hogan and Rock at WrestleMania. Rock was the babyface. Hogan was the heel. They got in the ring, and the Rock could sense that, you know what, this is a Hogan crowd. So in that, the Rock ended up turning, not for that match, not in, but he turned himself to be the heel because he knew no matter what he did in that match, if he was trying to be his babyface self, they were going to do his die, Rocky, die chance. He knew what he had to do. And so did Hogan. That's why Hogan started doing, you know, the hawking up and, and the pointing, and he started doing all the Hulk Hogan mannerisms again. They knew it. They felt it. And, and you can see that Logan Paul gets that. I'm not saying he's there 100%. I'm not saying he doesn't make mistakes in certain things. But he gets it. And again, I don't know if that's because working with Roman Reigns, with Miz, with, with some of those guys that he's, you know, I know he worked with uh, Shawn Michaels when he was preparing for the WWE match. And um, can't get much better instructor than that. But, I mean, he's done a lot um, in, in a short amount of time. Uh, let's see. Maybe they do a steel cage match. They might, man, because they got to figure out something, some gimmick matches. Um, anytime Thunder Rosa is back on the AEW Spanish commentary. So I don't know slowly or not if they're going to be uh, bring her back into the ring at all. But right now, she is a new addition to the Spanish commentary for the AEW team. All right, guys, I've been going for about an hour and a half, and I thank you all for being on here. Uh, Frankie Cap for Live, Sneak Attack 305, Jamie Zoria, uh, Boss B, of course. Let me see, we got Terry, Josh, two a time. All of you, man, if I didn't get you, I apologize. Finn Fam from Cali, I don't know if I called you out, Cap for Life, but I didn't say your name, I apologize. I appreciate you guys always for me again. Every Tuesday night, we're back here, 8 p.m. We'll talk wrestling. A lot going on. We got Dynamite tomorrow night. You got the SmackDown heading into Elimination Chamber Friday. The Elimination Chamber Saturday. Then, of course, you got Raw on Monday, and we're back here Tuesday. So we'll have plenty of wrestling to talk about. And I'm going to try to line up a couple interviews, maybe, possibly. For the next show, we'll see how that goes. But uh, again, it's great to be back. EWD Jr., thank you, sir. Sorry, I don't think I said you at the beginning. So thank you, guys. It's, it's great to be back. And as always, in the words of the great Gordon Soli, so long from the sun shine.